Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience, can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is Inspired Evolution. So I love this conversation. And, you know, I think when my guest and I started talking, we weren't sure how this conversation would unfold, which is true of many of the episodes. We just open up a conversation and we connect and we share. And sometimes we get to the end of the conversation. It's like, wow, look at what came through. And that was this experience. And one of the things that we really dove into were values. And my guest today, Amrit, just has the most amazing way of looking at values and really deciding like, what do we value in life and what do we want to take forward and how to make choices in the world based on our values. So often when we're doing things and it doesn't feel good in our life, it's because we've made a choice that's outside the things that we truly value. And we're doing things that aren't aren't in alignment. And, and so they don't feel good in our life. And so I love in this episode how he really gives us a very clear and simple way to understand our values and then to make choices based on our values, which I think is so important. And my guest today is full of so much joy. You can just feel through his voice the connection and the joy he holds for what he does in the world and how he loves to connect to people, which is one of his values. So my guest today, Amrit, is an international speaker, podcast host, and founder of Inspired Evolution. What a great name, right? He's a certified by Eckhart Tolle's School of Awakening. He's also Mind Valley's Master Certified Trainer for Australia and India. Emirate delivers keynotes, talks, seminars, and workshops for the Inspired Evolution and Mind Valley in the United States, Europe, Asia, and Australia. His gift for sharing impactful ideas and insights with unrivaled enthusiasm enables him to engage audiences from all over the world, featuring a wide range of demographics from corporate environments to construction sites, teenage programs, festivals, retreats, and to the general public. So with no further ado, welcome my guest, Amrit. Welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're with us. Yeah, it's such a pleasure to be here. Oh, yay. I love that. Best intro ever. Um, <laughs> yay. Well, we are going to dive into all things living your purpose and mindfulness and all of that good stuff. Um, but before we do, take us back to, you know, maybe when you were a kid and a teenager and in your first job, like what did life look like back then? And what has been the journey up to this place of purpose and peace and mindfulness? Whoa, right. So my first job is, uh, was way, way, way back. I, um, I grew up, um, my parents owned a restaurant. Um, and so I grew up in hospitality and yes, I've 
known work my whole life because <laughs> I was their only child. And so basically I was always, uh, I was raised in a restaurant. And it's interesting you ask that question because there's been so many jobs that have then obviously over time led me to where I am today to having my own businesses and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it's interesting you, you bring that up to ask us to go that far back because fundamentally in when you start to go create your own your own businesses, set up your own ventures, or even when you're looking for a job that's most aligned with who you are, it's interesting to tune in and see what your gifts and your assets are. Um, and I think sometimes we don't really go there with ourselves to give ourselves permission to look in and be like, actually, you know, this is this is my medicine. Like, this is really what I'm what I'm good at. Um, but touch wood, one of the things I learned early on through, I guess, environment, um, growing up in hospitality gave me something that was, um, yeah, range is the only real way I can put it because my parents owned a restaurant. There were people coming in, even as a young kid from the ages of four all the way through to 15 while I was working in that business, there were people that were, you know, doctors, lawyers, and then, you know, we were feeding the homeless sometimes as well. So there was this like range and dynamic uh, set of people that were coming through the doors. And I was learning to interact with each and every one of them. Um, yeah, in a different way, you know, but also still being the same person that I am offering, you know, food and service. And so that, and that ethos then bled into service and just being of service oriented, service oriented, service oriented. And that has bled into like my ethos around being a coach, being, being a speaker. I'm always of service. Like my highest values of connection, contribution and celebration, right? And so that connection is really facilitated by having that range early on, um, learning how to like connect with different people. And that really gives me a lot of joy in life. Um, and then that contribution sense comes from there as well. And then you can imagine like, you know, when people are coming out for dinner, they're generally, you know, they're not really down and out. They're in more of a celebratory sort of vibe. So celebration is also exhibited there as well. So those are like my three highest values. You can see how they were infused from the earliest days. That's so beautiful. And I'm just curious when you think back, because that's an environment where when you grow up in an environment like that, like there's just a lot of people, right? Coming in and different types of people and you're getting to interact. Like what was it that you received, do you think, in your younger years that felt good at that time? Like, were you really personable with people? Like, what was all of that exterior beyond your family interaction? Like, what was a gift to you? Oh, just, again, you know, connection. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I froth on connection. Connection is my highest value. Now I can, like, articulate that and, like, having decoded some parts of myself and share that with you. Obviously, that journey of decoding is lifelong. Um, but, yeah, in that, at the time, I was just, like, I'm when you do the Myers-Briggs or whatever, I'm like 96% extrovert. And so, for me, just connecting with people all the time. And then also learning how to fix problems and challenges in real time. Um, like, you know, it was a very busy place to be around and just the, the humdrum, you know, like living in the city, um, just that connection and the culture and all that really infused into, into who I am. It's so beautiful. So I can tell when you say like when your highest value is connection that you've really put some thought into understanding like, hey, what are my main values? Like, how does that, how do you lead your life by that? Oh, great question. <laughs> Thank you so much for asking that one. Um, so yeah, so the values determination took me a while to actually like settle into going, okay, you know, it's connection, contribution and celebration. Um, 
ultimately that was a process that has been going on for three years. And to be honest, I'm still um, polishing those values and I, I trust that they'll change as well over time as I get older. Um, but at the moment, that's what's most present for me. And if I look back and cast an eye, they tend to be the ones that have been the core of most things. So let me just quickly talk about connection and how that sort of came to be. So one of the things that I really value, and if you want to rebrand spirituality for me, I just call it unity, right? So if we're looking at, you know, what is new age spirituality or what is spirituality? Spirituality is seeing all of us as one, right? As one spirit emanating in different refracted, you know, lenses looking in on itself. And so from there, unity was like this big concept. And I was like, yeah, unity is definitely one of my values because spirituality matters to me. But then I was like, hmm, that's, that's good, that's good. And what else matters to me? And it's like, okay, love. Love really is important to me. It drives a lot, you know, like I'm, I'm a lover. Um, there's generally, and this is a gross generalisation, so pardon me, but, um, you know, the energy of love is a bit more feminine and the energy of, like, um, of freedom is a bit more masculine. And in its shadow, you can see that, you know, freedom and masculine can be a bit fleeting. And you can see in its shadow that, you know, the, the feminine energy can be a bit like that love can be clingy. But in its purest form, they're the same thing. Love and freedom, you know, are one. But there is that masculine feminine representation of it. So for me, I'm more love oriented. I'm more like in my in my shadow, like I'm a bit more like, hey, stay here, connect with me, <laughs> you know. So I know that I've come to learn that about myself. But fundamentally, when I looked at these values and said, how does it show up in my day to day? How does unity actually show up in my day-to-day? -day? How does love show up in my day-to-day? -day? It's like, actually, it starts with connection. It's all sparked by connection. And that's the thing that I actually feel viscerally, like even right here, right now, Sean, like it's you and me and it's like, ding, it's like on. So like, I'm like, I'm, I'm alive, I'm, I'm lit up, you know? Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter that it's like seven in the morning, you know? It's just like, whatever it is, the fact that we're connecting, it lights me up. So for me, that was like a clear indicator of this is my value. So the way I look at it is uni unity is like this overarching kind of like, experience of spirituality love facilitates it so love's like the next part of the umbrella and then connections at the at the heart of it that's actually facilitating you to then move to love with that love we can be in greater levels of unity so that's just one example of one of my connect uh, one of my values the way that i first got to do this a, a blessed uh, sister of mine she's a mentor in many ways in my life um and she just said hey do you know your values and i was like mm not really and it's like weird when someone says that to you because you kind of feel cringeworthy inside like I, I, I was like how do I not know what I value and like I'm like 30 and I don't know what I value anyway so she was like do you know your values and I was like no so she sat down with me and it's really simple you can jump online and do this you can grab three pieces of paper circle the values on um, it's just like a list of values and you can just circle which ones matter to you um, and generally if you're greedy like me you end up with like 40 to 60 uh, highlighted values over the course of 300 different values and then from there you can group clump them into clusters because you're going to basically like end up highlighting joy happiness smiles they all mean the same thing right so it might be joy that is the most leaning one so you can clump like ones that mean the same thing and generally you end up with about eight different clumps and from there you can order them and just go okay so this clump is more important adventure curiosity exploration is more important to me than joy happiness and smiles right and then you've got a bit of a first pass at your values and then from there highlight the one 
one word that is most important out of each cluster and you've kind of got your first pass of your values. And the values are really helpful and really important. And this ties back to the question that you know you asked, which is why, like, how does this help me in my life? Cool. So it's really straightforward, right? So if you if you like reach out to me, hey Amrit, I want to have you on the Soul Frequency Show. I love that name. And so then it's like, do you want to jump on? And it's like, well, mm, let me just give me two secs. Do I get to connect with someone? Yes. Do I get to connect with more people around the world? Absolutely. Okay, that's a yes. Do I get to um do I get to contribute? Do I get to share? Like you find me showing up, adding value around values already, right? So do I get to contribute? Uh, yes. Okay, that's a yes. Let's do it. And then it's like, is it going to be celebratory? It's like, well, I'm making a new friend. So I'm going to enjoy that. So that's a celebration of life, right? And as a coach, my intention is for everybody to be able to celebrate life. Like life is sacred. It's a one opportunity thing, right? So why not celebrate while you're here and have a dance and have a laugh and do the best you can with it? Doesn't mean we're not going to have trials and tribulations, but then coming back to homeostasis so we can actually enjoy this experience is a big thing for me. So it's a yes, yes, yes. So that was easy to make decisions. But then if someone's like, hey, Amrit, do you want to be an accountant for an oil baron? And it's like... <laughs> Uh, connection, contribution, celebrate. I, they're paying you half a million dollars a year. I can go against that grain and I could do it for the money, but like I'm not living in alignment with my values, right? So that gives you an idea in terms of how valuable it is to know your values. It's like the the doll within the doll, but pardon me, <laughs> the value in your values. So hopefully that articulates it. So for I me, it's love really that. great decision-making. I love that. It's so important. And you bring up a good point because sometimes there are things like, like, oh, should I go against my values because the money's good or should I go against my values because of some other variable? And really, what is the cost of that? Because the cost is always great when we go against our values. I mean, first, we need to determine what those are. But, but it's interesting because I think life gives us opportunities, right, to really, to really feel our values, to really choose our values, and to see how we move forward with those, right, and, and the choices that we make with those. And I found in my own life that, like, you know, when I have gone against my values for some reason, like a lot of times, frankly, in my past, it was to please somebody else or to make someone else happy or to, you know what I mean? Give someone else something that they wanted. You um, and everybody else. Yeah. Right. But there's all hands up. <laughs> yeah. But there's always a cost to that. Right. And the cost is like, great. And so, you know, can you talk about maybe some of the ways that you've learn you know some of the costs that maybe you've gone through to like mm. um really be because I feel like just intuitively like like you're super connected to your values and that is um like the one of the guiding forces in your life and I feel like that's a really beautiful thing to share with people because like you said I mean I think a lot of people don't really sit down and figure out what their values are and so then we're just kind of wandering oh. you know not really certain Totally. Let's go there. So what is the cost for not knowing your values? And so to be honest, like it, it's a, let's just, let's just preface this with um, there's a reason why I'm so into it with them <laughs> because I've interfaced with my fair level of challenges, um, not honoring, let's just call it my soul's expression, right? Not honoring the expression of the soul 
um, and trying to fix it into, like you said, other people's perspectives of what is right for me, what is good for me. And, you know, people have their best interests for me. They weren't to blame for any of the, like, them pigeonholing me into, okay, hey, you should go do this because this will be the best opportunity for you. They're absolutely right. It was a great opportunity, right? But at the same time, it wasn't my soul's expression. But how are they to know? Only I need to do the work on myself to figure out what my values are, to uh, see how I want to navigate this world. It's not on them right? It's on me. So extreme responsibility is available there. But look, this is a, this is a really deep, there's two very big parables in my life. Uh, the first one, and just to honor the time that we have here today, guys, I'm just going to be like, I'm just going to give you the punchline of the joke rather than the whole joke. But my first biggest challenge was I struggled with depression for six years. Um, and I ended up in a psychologist's office and it was just like, Bob, like, you know, a young adolescent man, obviously, you know, they're not ready like you don't the first it's not the first cab off the rank to end up in the psychologist's office it's like the last resort that actually there's something wrong with me um and that was quite some time ago now but I still like I still recall it and in that moment when I was sitting in the psychologist's chair one of the things she said to me was um you're like your biggest challenge is that you're not honest and I was like wow, that was a thread that pulled the whole carpet out from under my uh, uh, under my feet, right? And that was, she nailed it. I just wasn't valuing honesty, right? And there was a whole myriad of reasons for that. Again, a whole nother story. But the reality was that I wasn't valuing honesty, but the society that I was, was embedded in valued honesty. So there was this friction, right? So I couldn't express myself truthfully in society, right? And that caused a, a, like a misconstrued or a lack of expression. And that lack of expression resulted in my depression. The opposite of expressing is depressing, right? So I was depressed for six, for six years. And so in that, I learned to, okay, if I can adopt honesty, I can come back into the world and learn to like express. And it's like a whole new journey. So I had to take on the value of honesty, right? I had to coach myself. I had to like train myself to like, okay, I'm going to be honest. Like this is like, that was a whole piece of work for me for a whole year and a bit, right? Like to rewire the way that I saw the world. And that was a massive challenge. So that's point number one. Then point number two was also when I started a corporate career, the first day I got to my job, I looked at my CEO and I was like, that dude doesn't like, I couldn't, I couldn't articulate it this way. Like now I would say he didn't have the values that I valued, right? He wasn't an honest person. Um, he wasn't open. He wasn't considerate. Um, he wasn't friendly. Like these are all things that I value, but that's not the language I had around then. You know, this was like seven years ago. So when I first walked in there, I was just like, oh, uh, I don't want to be that dude but I could just say that, like my gut can say that. I don't want to be that dude. And it was like, maybe I'll be the change that I want to see in the world. So I'll just continue in this organization as a construction manager and just keep, you know, like, um, yeah, bringing the values that I believe in. And again, I'm using the word values a lot. I'm conscious that at the time I didn't have that language um, to sort of infiltrate the change that I want to see in the world. Lo and behold, I kept trying to put this uh, circular peg in a square hole and it just, it wasn't, it wasn't fitting. It wasn't fitting. I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried. And, and we got to the point where it was just like, I had to do the work on myself to realize, wow, actually I really value health, right? And I'm at a place where legitimately like six days of the week, six, 12 hours of the day, I'm expected to be here. And I can, I almost feel like I'm one of those babies that they have in the matrix, you know, the matrix, like near the, at the end of the, like the second yeah. movie, they're harvesting babies and they're just using humans as energy because they blocked out their solar energy from the sun. I felt like that because six days of the week, I was going in there and it was just like, it wasn't even like I was doing work sometimes. It was just like, you have to be present and chained to your desk. And I was like, whoa, dude, this is like very much like that factory that I saw in the matrix. And having that, I was just like, dude, 
health is one of my highest like highest things like I even before I became a coach I was always like fanciful about becoming a health coach because I was always doing so much work on myself and my health just mattered so much to me and that was obviously with the mental health stuff but I was always in and out of the gym so yeah this sort of stuff and so for me it got to a point where I really tuned in and said hey like you know I value myself and I'm not getting where I want to go. And so from there, it was like, what is it that's really mattering to me? Like what really, really matters to me? And from there, doing the values exercise helped me realize that, you know, connection, contribution, celebration, like I'm, I'm like stomping out the fire on my celebration every day engaged in what I'm doing, right? Yeah. And my contribution, and this is where the, the, the carpet really, like I, I worked there for a long time. And then when I realized, and initially I felt like I was contributing because I was building people's homes. And then long story short, I realized that I wasn't really, I was just building like investments for people to just park their cash. And then the contribution slipped out as well. And then the connection really slipped out because I wasn't like, you know, construction sites, but like blessed are the people that work there because some of the, like some of them are really toxic right? Like really heavy places to be. And a big part of my work is going to construction sites and doing uh, mindfulness trainings, right? And uh, guiding meditations, just because I know how dense and how heavy it can be, right? Like it's, yeah, it's, it's, they think it's funny, some of the stuff that they, they joke about, but it's actually really like dense, heavy stuff. And so all three values were compromised, right? But I didn't know that, but I knew that I was compromised. So I had to go inside and say, hey, how am I compromised? And then over that course of time, values emerged. And it was like, these were so important to me. And that was the indicator of how like I managed to be compromised because the values were compromised. These values are integral to who I am. I need to interface with these. And so fast forward that journey. Now you find me as a coach, international speaker, um, podcaster, right? And what do I get to do? Connect, contribute, and celebrate. So it's like, ah, and then I show up fully animated, souls happy to express. And the the, the real underlying factor why I did this selfishly is because my mental health is better. Like I'm happy, like I'm touch wood, like I get to live life fully expressed, right? Or learning to express myself deeper and deeper and deeper rather than suppressing myself further and further and further. It's so important. And, you know, it's really funny because when we first <laughs> connected and started talking, the only word that kept flashing in my head was joy, right? <laughs> like you exude joy in That's just weird. your beingness. And it's such an interesting like way to illustrate what happens when we are that far out from our soul's alignment and our values is that for someone that just exudes joy like you do to find themselves depressed, right? Is the ultimate like polar opposite of your true soul self energy. And so it's a beautiful illustration about how far we can get away from who we really are and that we can even label ourselves like I am a person who is just depressed or I am a person who feels this way or feels unmotivated or whatever it is when really we're just living outside of our values in accordance with other people and we're not even in the truth of who we are. So we can't even see our soul self when we're in those moments. And what a beautiful representation um, that you shared to show like that incredible shift because I'm sure everybody listening can hear the joy in your voice. It just exudes and it's really beautiful and awesome. And I just love that you showed that because for anybody listening, when you guys are thinking like, oh, my life doesn't feel, you know, super good or I'm doing things that are outside of, a, of my alignment, we really have to gain certainty through 
identifying those values and you gave them an amazing tool to do that. So that's awesome. And just one note on that, um, two notes actually, but let's take the lowest hanging fruit just to segue exactly where we're from is, Hey, like, I, I think also people have this expectation is like, I'm just going to realign myself and everything's going to get better. But just a sec, like how long did you groom your misalignment for right like I was for six years right so give yourself six years to come back into alignment you know what I mean but people say oh yeah I did my values exercise and then you know like oh yeah I forgot about my values and I stopped doing that why (laughs) like you were like you weren't in a good place for a long time and then you gave yourself the opportunity to work on a tool, but you didn't install the tool for as long as like, why do we expect the recovery to be faster than the, than the, than the pain? You know, it's, it's like, totally. it's, yeah. So just taking that and also just reflecting back to you, just one of the things you said, Touchwood, like the joy is, you know, that's, it's really humbling to receive that Touchwood. And thank you for reflecting that back to me because, you know, a big part of my mission is the inspired evolution is being inspired to evolve right every day like I show up inspired to evolve but then also hoping that some part of my journey can then also inspire others to evolve right so the fact that you can see joy in that um it's just a massive you know hey yeah yeah massive pat on my back to sort of be like yeah keep going you know like it's it's um it's it's supported that the journey that you're on and it's actually supporting others so thank you so much for that it was a really kind reflection Absolutely. So I want you to share, before we ask you the four questions, which I am excited to dive into with you, I want you to share, you have an amazing podcast, Inspired Evolution. I want you to share where they can find out more about your coaching work. Like, where do you hang out online? We want to know all the spaces and places. Spaces and places. Um, So you can find the podcast anywhere. It's uh, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, everywhere that you can find a podcast, we are there. But if you want to do me the honors, find us on YouTube. Uh, That's the place where I really enjoy showing up the most and specifically because there's a comment section below. So people can actually write comments below and then from there we can actually have conversations and discussions um, pertaining to the episode. And that's really fun for me because obviously, as you know, connection is my highest value so I really enjoy interacting with people there so you'll find me there on YouTube the other place where you can find me is generally Facebook Um, Facebook is where I end up finding most of my find up I end up finding myself spending most of my time online when I am online Um, and just because the community is really strong and thriving there and at the moment uh, depending on when this podcast is aired uh, we're doing 62 days of centering just with the COVID coronavirus situation um, and we're just taking time to get centered on our values uh, on our values <laughs> centered in a meditation um, every day so we go live and meditate together every day as a community on the inspired evolution page so that's www.facebook.com forward slash inspired evolution for the podcast it's www.youtube.com forward slash inspired evolution Ah, so beautiful. I love that you're doing that as a group. Really cool, which of course reverberates out to every single person on the planet because we're all one and join in you guys. That sounds like an amazing thing to be a part of. So I'm going to ask you our four questions um, Mm -hmm. and I can't wait to hear your answers. First thing that rises is usually the important thing to share. Um, I take people through a process called the anatomy of transformation. There are four pillars in the process. We really Mm -hmm. kind of break down what it is to fully evolve and go through like a metamorphosis and deep transformation in our life. The first pillar is truth. 
And I believe that truth is a catalyst that when we discover deep truths within ourselves, that it, we really open new doors of perception and reality and how we move forward in life. So what is a deep truth that you've come across maybe even recently on your journey? Mm. Okay, so one of the deepest realizations that I've been sitting with on my journey at the moment is that I've had the audacity to ever think that I'm off purpose. Even my greatest challenges and the greatest moments of bliss, they're all moments of recalibration towards me navigating myself to my highest truth, right? Um, the challenges are little sticks whacking me back onto the path and the little moments of bliss are the lanterns alongside the path pointing me to where I need to go. Mm, so beautiful. So I'm curious then, the second pillar is release. Like what is it that needed to go for you to feel in alignment with like that the entire path is your sole purpose. So whether that's limiting beliefs, perceptions, people, experiences, like what was it for you that you kind of like set aside or released as you move into like, all of this is my path? Oh, people are going to hate me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, the essence of, the, of control is something that I'm working on at the moment on that realization, which is the word at its core is surrender is what I'm trying to embed into. And what I'm releasing is the essence of, yeah, control, like the fact that I'm in control of my life. Um, yeah, so I'm releasing control. Mm, that's a powerful one, a big one. And really, I think potent and powerful at this time that we're in. So I think um, there's a lot of a lot of releasing control, obviously moving into more flow and surrender. And the third pillar is experience, which is once we release something, we actually move in our vibrational frequency. So we have, you know, whether we're re releasing emotion or things out of our life that is shifting our energy. So what has changed in your experience as you're working through this releasing control and surrendering? Like what is how does that change your daily life? How does that change how you're showing up in the world? How does that change how you feel within yourself? How it looks is the inspired evolution. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I show up every day for the inspired evolution, interviewing some of the most amazing people. And yeah, just, you know, even just like showing up to surrender, to have conversations like this, to be picked apart, to be open, you know, and you know, some of the gooey places to go inside where we talk about, you know, like, yeah, I, you know, I struggle with depression and hey, like I wasn't always the most honest person. Like those are tough places to go to, but I do that as an offering as, as a full surrender to just like, if my journey can perhaps help one person, then, you know, my work here is kind of done. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of the, um, the experiences, the, the inspired evolution for me, but if we can bring it, if you really want me to bring it really home to you, for me, it's at the moment, it's, and this is sounds so woo-woo, so <laughs> this is why the integrated version is the inspired evolution. But in the day-to-day, -day, it's about trying to come back to actually just, the head has so many ways of fixing things, like in terms of it's a great problem solver for me, um, especially being an engineer by background. But I've noticed that if I leave it unchecked, the mind will just find problems to solve, right? Which sometimes is cool, but sometimes it's really not serving, right? Hence the whole work around meditation mindfulness. And so for me, it's about coming back to the heart and just that coming back to the body and just tuning back into it and just going ah oh, like in the present moment you know I'm all good you know like there's you know I'm not too challenged by too many of the things because I'm blessed with with life so yeah those are the two the two levels the intimate and the macro mm, beautiful and the fourth step is a line which is 
What is the thing that keeps you in a high vibration? The things that you return to, whether it's rituals or being around certain people or going to certain places to receive that higher vibrational energy um, or receive it within yourself. Hmm, Beautiful. So, yeah, I'm not really sure where I would be without my meditation practice, to be honest. Um, And I'll be completely frank with you, and this is a bit brutal, but I don't really want to know. So for me, meditation, the way I share it when I'm speaking from stage is basically it reconstituted my life. Um, And so it's been key. You know, the thing that the tool that got me out of depression was mindfulness and that led to meditation and the benefits of meditation. Like now we're getting more and more science and I get to speak to more of the science when I'm sharing it from stage. Like the only tool that can really help you build the thick gray matter in your brain, which is like like such a healthy process. but all that aside, like it's it's fundamental to just even so many levels, there's so much I could say to this, but like for me, just taking the seat of the observer again and again, right? And how valuable that is for me to cultivate that within myself. Then also focusing on taking that seat as the observer. So cultivating focus in a world that's consistently distracted. Um, and then observing experiences rather than being engaged with those experiences. And then also the faculty of listening to myself that comes from there. And then the ability to then listen to others. So for me, it's, it's hard and fast, it's meditation. Um, Shortly followed thereafter by, yeah, like if you look around my home, you'll find heaps of books um, and you'll find heaps of musical instruments. So for me, it's basically meditation is kind of my key. Um, and from there, there's there's books that, you know, like just listening to, you know, some of the greatest people that have come before us. Like one of my favorite philosophers is Alan Watts. Um, he definitely always has this amazing ability to bring me back to center. Um, yeah, Ernest Holmes is another great, great person to, to tune into his books, um, Science of Mind is one of my favorite books ever um and so yeah there's some really great authors and books that support me on my journey and then there's always music there to kind of just remind you that you are vibration and you can move your emotions through frequency and you know just that little dialogue with yourself so yeah how that looks in a day-to-day is there's a morning meditation practice and in the evening there's a bit of a music practice and throughout the day I'm listening to audiobooks or I'm taking some time out to read a book very cool what instruments do you play uh I play the handpan um do you know what that is it's like a little ufo disc looking thing oh Um, yes yes i know what that is so they um so i play the handpan yep yeah and then also just recently started going on the journey of the guitar um yeah it's a it's a whole journey so Um, you're really so cool you're into like the frequency of different sounds and how that affects right the human body yeah 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 yeah. so handpans are like Yeah. (laughs) All that reverberation. Yeah, so it's a great instrument for a meditation teacher to have because they're very meditative and you can just go all day. Um, but yeah, you know, and it keeps me, yeah, it just keeps the joy and the spirit alive as well because you just, yeah, you just tune away into a little instrument at the end of the day. It's, I find at the end of the day, meditation is, yeah, you've had a whole day and I may not be inclined to drop into meditation, but dropping into music or learning, in, you know, a piece of guitar, it's a meditation. As soon as you mess up, you realize, oh, my mind went wandering, you know, so you go back to the piece of music that you're playing and, and you're back in. 
I love it. You are so awesome. I love, we got like the best intro ever from you and then the best exit with some hand piano playing. Gosh, we are lucky, you guys. We are lucky today. So thank you so much for sharing your joy. I still think the word that describes you is joy. Like that's what (laughs) my guides are saying. Joy, 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 joy. And just a big open heart and a big smile. And thank you for hanging out with us and for sharing your energy with us and sharing your wisdom. Um, I really hope everybody sits down and really starts to build this relationship with their values and discover what they are. And like Emirates said, it's it's a journey, right? So not putting a bunch of pressure on yourself about it, but just really enjoying the unfoldment of the journey ahead. So thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to have been on your show. Thank you so much for having me on and just being so open to, yeah, just a, a free-flowing conversation and, yeah, always a pleasure just to be mirrored by such an, such incredible people. So thank you so much for having me on. Really humbled to be here and thank you for sharing this. I'm Shauna Lee and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes.